five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about email, demail, and wasting time. So before I start doing anything important, let's waste a little time over here on uh, YouTube. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Rod, you sent this email reply all. You hit reply all. Must have been a joke. No! Bridgestone commercial. I was messing with you. You just emailed it to me. So gullible. Well, anyway, so now he goes and trashes the guy's house. Um, so it goes a little downhill from there. But I did think that it was pretty funny. And if you've never hit reply all when you meant to just reply to one, I pretty much never hit reply all. It takes a very much mental effort. I make sure never hit reply all. So there's some email tips for you because someone might actually see it. Although the chances of that are getting to be less and less. So here's an article by Bill Farquharson. Uh, sales meetings and other time wasters. The agenda. Whoops. I'm the wrong button here. The agenda for this meeting is to try to figure out why we're having this meeting. And so Bill says, I once saw a comic strip that showed a bunch of people glumly leaving a conference room. And the caption showed what some behind the group, someone behind the group was shouting. And we're going to keep on having meetings like this until we find out why nothing gets done around here. And so uh, in theory, sales meetings have an important Solid purpose, but done wrong, they can be demotivating and momentum killing. Opportunities for a manager's ego to run amok over. And all you have to do is bring up the office and watch any three or four reruns, and you'll see, the, and you'll see the typical sales meeting. Okay, because what the what the reps are supposed to be doing is selling, right? So keep them out in the field if they're supposed to be out in the field or on the phone if they're supposed to be on the phone or whatever they're supposed to be doing. Um, so here's how you have a good meeting. Start on time, have an agenda, announce how long the meeting will be at the onset, stick to the time promise. Uh, anything that keeps sales reps from selling is counterproductive. On the other hand, last night or yesterday, we had the WDMA winter meetup and it was bang up smash hit. I think it was anyway. We had a couple of countries represented. Uh, we had, um, you know, in case you think you can't be part of it because the WDMA, you know, stands for Wisconsin, which of course is maybe the number one province of direct mail in the world. I think you might realize that when you think about all the great catalogs that have that are are located here and still mailing, you know. I mean, I'd give Maine, you know, L.L. Bean, but we've got Land's End, we've got Miles Kimball, we've got uh, Mason Shoe, we've got Colony Brands, we've got Jockey Mailing, we've got uh, the Kringle People, O and H, I think it is, Bakery. Oh, just a bunch of people. Yeah, just a bunch of people. So anyway, I could go on and on. New skis, 
Allen Edmonds, I think, are still mailing. Uh, a lot of B2B. Anyway, so we, you know, we, we, we did start on time, but we started actually before time because some of the people wanted to come early. And we went with no agenda, <laughs> just conversation. Think of it as a, sort of a cocktail party before the, before the conference starts. You know, the best part about the conference is often the cocktail party because you find out about real success and failure. You find real people who are willing to share. And we talked about statistics and, and uh, sample sets, uh, serious stuff, paper, recycling. But one of the best things that we had was uh, we talked about sustainability in mail. Uh, Steve Falk presented a thing. Presented, a, I, I told him I was going to call on him. And I said, you did this study about, about direct mail. And is it, you know, is it, is it damaging the environment? And he said the number one thing was that you drive stuff around, that the number one, you know, it's when you cut down a tree to make paper, it's still, it's still pulp. It's still kind of wood. You're not burning the, you're not burning the wood. Uh, you're just reprocessing it. So there's a little bit of energy in there, but it's not really that much uh, because trees are pretty processable. And, but you got to, you know, you got to cut down the trees and then truck them to the paper plant and then you make the paper and truck it to the printer and then you print the stuff and truck it to the post office and then you truck it all over the place um but he said when we wanted to ch actually charge the carbon cost uh to to uh off get offsets and plant trees um it was only one half cent per piece so not very much. I would say that's like a 1% or so increase in cost, just taking that all into account. And I said, well, how much is it compared to other, to other media? And he said, you know, you'd think email was a lot cheaper. We're going to talk about email next. But he said, you've got to send, you know, for every mailing piece you send, you've got to send like 40 emails. Uh, and you know when a nonprofit looks at the looks at the costs, it's to generate a dollar of donation for your nonprofit. You probably have to you you have to send as much you have to you have to get as much in carbon emit carbon emissions in in the servers and in the in in you know the opening and reading and all that stuff, uh, so that it ends up being kind of a wash but with greater impact. So let's get over to email for a second. Okay, Ray Schultz has a, a little mini study article. It says, typos are widespread in email. That's very a very charitable way to read the rest of the article. That's a headline that makes it sound like people are making mistakes in their email, which of course I do. Um, but this is but this, or in their email address, but a lot of times you put in bad ones because, you know, they, they require an email and you really don't want to ever hear from them again. You just want to download the, download the white paper or whatever. So Zero Bounce saw 10 million email, whatever you call it, right? But here's the, here's the reality of it. Only almost 60% when, Ray, why don't you say it like, like, you know, like we really think. Only 57.21% of all email. Right. How about this? 
almost 60% of the emails submitted were valid. Well, almost, oh, okay. So, so actually over 40% of the email was invalid. 20% were invalid emails, while 16, 17% were catch-all, where, you know, if you send it to WDMA, you know, send it to chichi at WDMA.org, I don't know if it'll bounce back or not, to be honest about it. You know, you could try it out. But some, but there are websites that won't bounce those. And so they become a good way to fill an email list. Yesterday, I got a, uh, I got someone on LinkedIn contacting me. He, he was offering me a list of 280 opt-in, 280 million opt-in email addresses, 140 million households connected to them with with name and address i said that just can't be right it can't be good you can't have that many opt-ins not not real opt-ins not the kind of the eu would settle for anyway and then a couple other things abuse emails where people people give their email out or but then file spam anti-spam complaints okay and and an email list degrades about 23 percent yearly don't get into the hundreds of a percent ray it's not it's not professional my high my high school math teacher would laugh at you and flunk you for that disposable emails are typical way people avoid giving out their real email address we all know that because we probably all do it right chichi at wdma.org and here's the conclusion and this is from CEO Leviu Tanasi. And Tanasi says, reaching the inbox is getting increasingly difficult. And even if you reach it, you know, I had over 100 emails between midnight and 8 o'clock this morning. Um, so good luck. Good luck with email. Now, here's an, a really interesting article. What direct mail taught money supermarkets cmo about campaign impact money supermarket i thought was a supermarket <laughs> since you have to take a, a wheelbarrow worth of cash to buy your tomatoes um but that's not what this is about this is with roy sutherland and liz blair and uh liz is the cmo of money supermarket which i'm guessing sells financial services and this is the first in a series created by market reach for its new mail unleashed campaign so i want to keep an eye on that so rory if you're out there um i did send you a connection notice but i don't think you connected but we'll pe we'll keep after you um <coughs> so liz said direct mail is a crucial way in which marketers can reconnect the value of highly targeted and impactful campaigns in the digital age too often, the discipline required by comparatively more expensive direct mail campaigns has been lost. Got that? The discipline has been lost. Why? Because old guys retire. They get sick of beating their heads against the wall of digital nonsense. And eventually, they go lay on a beach somewhere and say, fight your own battles. <laughs> Participate in the fraud. Anyway, uh, digital campaigns. So... Uh, the discipline has been lost, so digital campaigns opt in for a scattergun approach instead. 
Right. Let's give it to AI and let them buy our ads. And hopefully they are highly targeted. <laughs> and that's an accent of nowhere. I just made it up. It's about having to be ruthlessly efficient with your spend and your targeting to get the right message to the right customer at the right time. Now, ironically, that phrase sounds exactly like the pitch that the Internet gave from day one that we can target the right message to the right customer at the right time. And guess what we found out? There's probably no one even there. And even if they're there, they're probably not paying attention because their email box is full and they're, they've, they've taught themselves to ignore banner ads. Some of those disciplines have been lost as things have become cheaper to send. Okay, and I wrote an article for the WDMA newsletter. Back in those days, we mailed a newsletter. In about 1995, the internet was just coming on email was just getting started and i what i said was the lower the cost per contact the lower the care per contact think about that the lower the cost per contact the lower the care per contact so we always got in trouble you know people always called us junk mailers and all that but you know when you're spending a dollar to send something out in the mail. You know, here's something I got about expert witnesses. And I looked through it. I've kept it. I don't know. Maybe I should be an expert. I've been an expert witness for uh, or against Toys R Us and Dress Barn and some big, pretty big cases. Um, you know, and I also did valuation in, uh, in some mergers and acquisitions. So I could actually do this because I've already done it. Um, <clears throat> and it sounds like a lot of fun. So I save it. Right. So when you're sending me something for a dollar, it tells me something It tells me that you're willing to waste a, a bit of money on me. And when you send me something that's huge. Right. When you send, this is ridiculous, I have to say. And the latest mailing wasn't like this. But when e, when Uline sends me this. It's really something. It's really I know that I'm worth at least like $10, even though I've only spent a few hundred with Uline ever. I mix them up because I think they're they're actually from the Eline family, which was the which were the founders of Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. And they have play, there's people around here around this neighborhood that that are named Eline, um, but that may be Liz. You can correct me on that, and that's a different Liz. That's Liz Uline. Um, so the cheaper things are to send, the less care anybody has about how much it is. One time I, I ran across Arthur Middleton Hughes, who had an, uh, has a book on RFM that actually uh, David Foley and I have been working on, sort of on David's new book. Um, and he uh, and I showed him how, how Arthur Hughes' RFM segmentation can actually mask what, what's important in your segmentation. But I ran into Arthur at a, at a conference, and I said, Arthur, we're going quite a bit beyond your RFM. You know, you might want to be interested in hearing about it. And he said, ah, he said, now contact cost is so cheap, we just send something to everybody. And I'm sure all of us out there feel that when we're accosted by one, two, three emails per day from some from some flash rechargeable flashlight we bought somewhere um so liz this this is really great you know she's actually worked with easyjet audi and barclays she says the physical tact tactility tact tactility physicality and tactilis tact 
tactility. Tactility. <laughs> so she made physical and tactile into adverbs, I guess. Anyway, and uh, allowed EasyJet to enrich its one-to-one -one relationship with high-value customers when it launched its flight club. <clears throat> Excellent. The launch of the loyalty scheme marked the first occasion the airline had deviated from its email-based marketing. And here's a trend. We're starting to say enough of that email. You know, people tell me I should email them something, but if they reply to it, likely I won't see it. So I say, you know, you might want to just stay here on LinkedIn because I will see it. If you, if you message me on LinkedIn, I'm about 100 times more likely to see it than I am if you email it to me. You know, because I maybe get 30 or 40 messages on LinkedIn, but I get three or 400 on, on, uh, on email at least a day. So I have to be lucky to see it, you know, and I have to put filters in to just, you know, for my clients so I see when they do it because I will miss it. Okay, so, <clears throat> so basically they identify their high-value customers, not difficult. Any idiot can find the high-value customers. <laughs> sort by frequency or monetary or or whatever <clears throat> and uh, we sent them this beautiful mailer she said laser cut with black envelope and orange cut out nice it was the sweet spot between quality impact and be and not being so expensive i couldn't get it signed off <laughs> she told sutherland this is great not only did it trigger all the behavioral changes easyjet had hoped for such as boosting satisfaction and engagement across these high-value customers. <clears throat> but it also increased the frequency of travel with the airline. So we got some actual downstream lifetime value improvement, right? It deepened into customers' wallets in ways we deepened into. <laughs> it reached into, anyway, it's an interview. You know, you, it's hard to do this. It's hard to keep your mind focused on what you're going to say while you're still talking about what you meant to say. Uh, these, uh, anyway, uh, these were weekly travelers commuting from Edinburgh to Luton. But we saw them start to book other things, too, that they hadn't before. So good gracious. Good. So it's like, you know, we care. And here's the, the funny thing. If you mail a beautiful mailing piece, like I just got this. I was showing it off at the meeting last night. I got this insight. And if I can get the, the oops, if I can get the, everything's backwards on here. See there? See, it's got spot varnish and puffy ink. And it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. And I mean a real, and it came in a fancy heavy cardboard mailer envelope see that really nice it's got some imprinting on the outside that says market ideas to incite action anyway you know you're valuable you know they care whereas you say well let's so we don't need to do all that let's just mail them twice as many or three times more emails <laughs> you'll drive your customers nuts Okay, the Miscarriage Association created a, uh, a, and I don't know how they did this. The charity created acknowledgement cards containing messages of support written by women who had experienced a miscarriage and shared with friends and family who might otherwise struggle to find the right words. So the cards had messages of support. I get that. 
Did they market to the women who had the miscarriages so they could send these cards to their friends so they could send them back to them? That doesn't make any sense. Maybe the miscarriage association just does uh, pay-per-click, and if if you tell them that you had a friend or family that had a miscarriage, then maybe they can get the cards. I don't know how that one worked, but here's the point. Sutherland points out, both examples highlight the effectiveness of highly impactful direct mail campaigns in an era which the perception of digital as free, here we go again, eroded some of that discipline. And the perceived value is zero, right? When I get an email, do I perceive it as a valuable contact? No. I I perceive it as annoying, clickbait. That's what I perceive it as. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me. Tell me how you value, you know, and then 90% of them are, we're, we've come across your information and we want to partner with you. Yeah. If you'll just be our client, you know, you may really want to partner with me and you should, and I'm open to it, but you should be my client, to be honest about it, because these emails are annoying. So, and and Rory points out data centers don't run on air. But the problem with digital is that because more or less it's perceived as it's more or less perceived as free, there isn't much incentive to target or discriminate. Absolutely said it in 1995. And what we really need is is less is better direct mail. Yeah, unbelievable. This is, I think, from Marketing Week. This may be the first article I've ever seen on Marketing Week, and I like it because of Mark Ritson, but the first ever I've seen talking about mail, ever. And so well done, uh, Rory uh, and Liz. Really, really well done. I'm hoping to see more on this campaign called Mail Unleashed. Very, very well done. And if you'd like to talk more about it, I'd be happy to. Uh, like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. I went a little too long today. Oh, but I wanted to point out what what Steve Falk said, if you hang on this long. He said, the cost of email, I did say this, but he said basically, the cost of email reaching a customer and actually achieving a, an objective is about the same as direct mail. So don't feel bad about about taking a renewable resource, which is trees, and utilizing that. And then that can be recycled into paperboard and cardboard and other things like that, which are also still useful. And it can be recycled about five times. So there you go. It's about the most recyclable stuff there is on the planet. And it's sustainable because we can grow more trees. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.